Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, and effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last time we got into a discussion about values versus behaviors, and we looked at the problem of relying on the external to change our internal, the competition for our emotional well-being, the consequences of misalignment, and are our expectations really the ones we want? And this week, Jared, what are we going to dive into? So we're going to dive into that, the underlying piece of values and beliefs, right, uh, that I, I feel like is in, that's getting manipulated in us, right? And, and how people on both sides of the bridge, the, the proverbial bridge, right, the, 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 the uh, imaginary bridge, right, are being manipulated to, to be controlled, right? To, to be kept docile, to be kept easily managed, right? And uh, the whole, feels like the whole goal is instead of leadership, but docility, right? And that's our new word, right? <laughs> we're probably gonna use it more and more. Um, so that's what we're gonna talk about. Like, you know, what are, what's the government doing? What are the people who are supposed to be leading us doing to really just not lead us to betterment, but really just to lead us to be more effectively controlled or easier to handle, right? Um, we're, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, so I don't know, do you wanna come up with like kind of like the first example? I know- we're Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share. So I just finished reading The Big Short. I had watched the movie a few years ago after several people had recommended it. And quite frankly, I didn't, I didn't really understand the movie. The, the terminology was so complex. It was one of those ones I was trying to watch at night. I was already tired and I couldn't fully comprehend what the hell was going on. I just understood it was a mess. At reading the book, the books, it was a hard read for me to read because you're trying to digest all these complicated terms. And the author, I think, is a brilliant author. I've, I've read several other books by him. But I think that in, this, that in of itself was a reflection of just how screwed this whole system was. And what was shocking to me at the end of everything happened, so just as a brief overview, in the early 2000s, the, you had all these banks begin creating these, basically these funky mortgage loans, and they repackage them and resell them, and they were selling them to people who had no business getting a loan for that amount. There was an example they used about a strawberry picker who earned $14,000 a year, and he was fully funded for a $700,000 home. And you're doing these things over and over again. $14,000 a year. $14,000 a year. And he bought a seven, a, a house that basically worth a million dollars. Well, and right? here's the thing too. And it wasn't even that he was thinking about buying it. It's that people were actively pursuing him because in that, in those times they had different, they had these ways of gaming the credit scores. And so people who were newer to the credit system, immigrants and whatnot, they could actually rank higher the way the system was set up at the time than people who had been in the system for a long time. And the whole way this would work is you had these different tiers where people who had like credit below 600, credit between 650, and then the 700s and above. And so they would package all these different people together in these, what were they called? Like tranches or something like that. And then people were going and buying these and selling them to other people. So basically you have a group of of home loans, and then you sell them to me, and then I have this group of home loans, and I'm selling them, and, and people are getting insurance. It's this whole complicated system. 
that after reading the entire book, I don't understand, but a few very smart people figured out and realized the whole thing was effed and they bet against it. And that was called the big short. And, and then eventually all the government, the, the major firms, Merrill Lynch, uh, Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, gosh, there's a few others, uh, AIG, they all ended up in a big deep deal. Can I give them a little bit of- Go for it, please. Uh, so basically what people were doing was they were buying and lending money. They were trading money, right? So when, when you so you had this big fund, right? So say I, I have $300 to um, buy this house, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like, because I'm a, a lender, right? Like that, that money's not necessarily real until it exchanges hands, right? So it's like, I got loaned money to buy this. It's not mine. I have the property, right? But I got $300,000. And then it's, and then they take that, that and somebody buys that loan system from you for $500,000. So you, ca- you cache the, the difference, 200,000, right? But to do it, you have to dump it on somebody else. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. Uh, it's like I'm trading fictional things and like we keep the difference, right? And so that's what they talk about with a bubble, right? And so the next thing you know, then this, it goes from $300,000 house, now it's a $500,000 house. The only real money we kept was the 200,000 difference, right? And now it's a $500,000 now it's a $500,000 house. And then I sell it to this, sell that same loan box to this other bank who sells the house to this fruit person for 700,000, right? Again, they reap the, the, the net benefit of 200,000. They didn't lose their 500,000. And now this guy owes me 700,000. So all I did was trade money around and mm-hmm. I left the person I lended the money to holding the bag, right? And, and, and I'm always gonna reap a negative, uh, a positive and, or if I get stuck with it, I own the property, not him, right? And so that is how that works. So it's, it's, it just, it can truncate, right? So I'm making money out of money with nothing real. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like you buy a painting and that painting goes up in value over time, right? But the painting is, it's the same fucking painting. It's not really worth anymore, right? It's only worth more because somebody said it's worth more. You, you get what I'm saying? And so yeah, they, they did we, that. We have a lot of that going on in housing in California right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did that in mass. And then, uh, you know, finally somebody said, but they did it with loans, right? They did it all with, with loans. And so it's, it was, it's really messed up. And then I'm gonna be like, it's kind of like a cool kind of thing. It's like, but like, it's all, it's all fictional. It's all and that was the thing too with it that was really shocking to me, Jared, is when when everything the bubble burst, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars these big banks had lost and that you know really impacted the taxpayers, the people who bought the loans. Countless numbers of people had their homes foreclosed on them, lost their homes. And then what happened was is that the government gave hundreds of billions of dollars to build the banks, bail out the banks, but didn't help bail out, bail out the people who had their homes foreclosed on. They still lost. Yeah. And then because the governments are loaning these money to the banks and our taxes go up because we have to now pay more taxes to try to cover the government debt and all these types of things. And, and this is, this is a very crude, my interpretation of it. So, you know, don't take this for 
has truth at all, do your own research. This is just how I'm interpreting it. Okay. And, Sorry. I'm yeah. gonna yeah. perfect example, guys. The if you guys we talked about uh GameStop and uh everything that happened with that when the Reddit stuff, right? GameStop is not shouldn't be a $50 billion company, right? Or whatever it, whatever it became, right? That shit is false, right? Everybody knows, you can look at the books, the company is going out of business, but on paper, it's worth this amount of money. And some people cash that money out, <laughs> right? And they're trying to leave someone else holding the bag. And so they did the same thing with the housing market. It's like, I know that house isn't worth that, but I've falsely raised the value of it. And now I'm going to leave someone else holding the bag. That's what happened. Is that make that hopefully that like yeah? That yeah. And it's it's <laughs> like and it's even what's crazy is like but but we took control over it. The people took control over it with the GameStop. With GameStop. And Which that was, is, I think, the difference, right? Is is yeah. like people took control of the situation as opposed to the past. Uh, the in the past, these same people who are shorting the housing market are not the same people. They're shorting GameStop, betting on it going out of business to screw it, and then the shareholders who are housed GameStop still would be screwed, right? Yeah. And the people yeah. saw this and said, "No, no, no, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to get you," and uh, which was which was a really unique thing because we had never seen something like that happen, I think, in history. But it, it goes back to that that docility thing that you were talking about, Jared, because having read the book, I still don't fully understand it. Most of us, I think when that was all going on, fully didn't comprehend. I think you probably understood it better because you have a math and finance background, but the average person, we probably don't understand that to what was really going on because we are putting our trust in these so-called experts that they're going to be the ones that are going to look after and manage our money or that they're not going to mislead us. Why would somebody mislead me in buying a variable interest interest rate loan, right? Where I start at 5% and it goes up to 12% in two years. You know, th these people are saying they're in, looking out for my best interest. They're trying to look out for me. And, and it comes to this place of like, okay, well, we always have choice, right? But I think that, and I'll be the first to advocate human choice. We always have a choice. And I also acknowledge how difficult it is to become aware that we have choice when such the nature of our species, the tribal culture, our mentality is necessitated, our survival is necessitated on trust. You're the expert. I am innately taught to trust you that you're going to be the master of what you're doing and you're really having my best interest at heart. And it is exhausting for me to try to go and learn something that I don't, I'm not familiar or have an expertise with. Yes. Right? It was exhausting trying to read the big short because I, I'm having to stop and rest every five to 10 pages because my brain is working really hard trying to understand this terminology. It's not familiar with me, to me. And, and that's another thing that we recognize is like, okay, so it's, it's, we always have choice, but man, it's, it's a hard, it's hard to make, especially when we're still always avoiding pain or gaining pleasure. And we have so many pleasurable choices available to us. And we have a tribal history of trusting in somebody else having our best interests that necessitates the survival of the species. I'm going to trust Jared. He says, this is a good thing for me. He's the expert. I'm going to trust him with what I've done to be able to do the right thing. 
And well, so what happened is, you know, when that trust was founded in tribalism and all that kind of stuff, the, it was about survival, right? It was about, it was, a, we're probably moving away from the docile thing, but right. <laughs> it was about, it was about survival. And then what ended up, you know, kind of evolving was it came to a place. And I guess this is, this is like all hierarchical things, right? Like, um, you know, the people at the top eat first and they eat the best food, Right. And so what happens when everybody's fed and everybody's eating good food? Well, how do you, how, what do the people at the top need now? They need something else that's better. Right. And, um, and so now it's, it's cars, it's yachts, it's all of these other things. And just like with the big short falsely invaded value of a house, right. Just like, uh, I, I really like, like things like either trading cards or like, something really ludicrous like Michael Jackson's fucking one glove sold for over a million bucks, like $3 million, right? 30 years from now with a whole new generation of people, that glove is not going to be worth $3 million. Most maybe likely. it's worth 300 million. Maybe it's worth 300 million. Yeah. Maybe it's worth nothing. Look right? at like uh, Picasso paintings. Yes. You look at yeah. those, there's, there's a restaurant in Vegas called Picasso. They have $130 million or something of Picasso paintings spread out over 10 or 11 paintings in that thing. And you're looking at these things going, that, that, that's worth $12 million? You know, it, it, it boggles my mind. I've seen, I feel like kids can paint by numbers that look better that, than that. That value is false. Are like NFTs? What's going off NFTs right now? The, the value, <laughs> that value is false so we had to build a society right as society grew as the people at the top needed more stuff to establish their whatever right their their position right or we needed to have somewhere else to climb we had to begin overvaluing things and so and that's how society kind of stacked on that right and and then and then you you create all kinds of bubbles, right? And then it becomes the job of those who manage the system to keep the value of things rising above what they're actually worth. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes the job of the system to sell you things or make you value things that you don't really value. And that is where the holes become into play, right? And get and, and, and then and then the system is really built around keeping you valuing things that you shouldn't value, right? <laughs> and focused on that, right? As opposed to focusing on the things that you should value. Does that make any kind of sense? And my example for today, because I it's the debate for me that's going on, is vaccinations and, you know, masks and all that kind of stuff. And how do we defeat COVID for good, Right. And the truth of the matter is, how do you defeat the vast majority of health problems? Make people healthier. <laughs> you make them healthier. You know, you don't just provide a pill and act like the pill is health. Pill's not health. <laughs> health lies outside of the pill, right? Health lies outside of a band-aid. 
right? And, and, and so I feel like we're being, you know, sold this fast solution to a core problem of people being really unhealthy. That makes any kind of sense. And yes, will some, even if you are a perfect health, right? Or quote unquote, whatever you want to call perfect health, really healthy, will you, uh, could you still die from COVID? Yes. Do your chances, your risk of dying go significantly down? You sent me a study the other day and, you know, broke it down. It was like 30 minutes walking, you know, six days a week, right? Would reduce your, what they call your morbidity, morbidity uh, rate or your, uh, your chance of dying from COVID by about 95%, right? Your risk of dying from COVID by, by about 95%. Right now, we don't know how long you have to have been doing that 30 minute walk six days a week, like before that kicks in. But we know that people who do that and live their life like that have about a 95% decreased risk of dying. And that's 95% decreased from, you know, the, if you want to go high in 3% morbidity rate, right? So, so, you know what I'm saying? Or if you want to go low in 1% morbidity rate, whatever, right? So it, 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 it drops that significantly down, you know what I mean? And so people, you know, you go from 3% to like, what, 0.5. Right, <laughs> just by being healthy, you get a, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and, and so uh, that is that is the the uh, that's the that's the thing that's not talked about, and 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 yet we're arguing over mask as opposed to arguing what the fuck you're putting in your mouth and how much you move your body, <laughs> right? And, and value a vaccine over you know living good, <laughs> living healthy, right? And, uh, you know, that's, a, that's, that's the issue. And most of the system is built to keep you valuing the vaccine over living healthy. And, and, and everything, everything. And so we're arguing on both sides of the fence about that without really, like, even when people are arguing against wearing a mask and arguing about not wanting to be vaccinated, they're not, a, a lot of them aren't really, they're talking about, my civil liberties and my rights. Yeah, they're not pontificating for their health. They're just wanting to defile and say F you to whoever is in charge. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely not a, it's not a broad statement of health for the no. majority at least that you see expressed outwardly. It's a, more of a, my freedom, my this, my that. Yeah, and, and, and you'll see it because, you know, the, the, like if you watch those people that get angry and throw fits in the Walmart because of the mask thing, right? They're not in shape. They're not healthy. Some of yeah. them, most of them aren't, but like, you know what I mean? They're, you know, they're not right. And it's like, yeah, I there's think. a, I guess a bank teller or bank manager here locally that was attacked yesterday or the day before somebody came into the bank, not wearing a mask. They told me to wear a mask. They yelled some sort of derogatory thing at them and I guess started assaulting them. It, it definitely wasn't a statement for health or anything like that. It was, it was completely a other extreme of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, who does that serve? It doesn't serve the individual, right? No. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help the bank teller. It doesn't help the person that, that, that got into to the fight with them. Right. It doesn't save any lives, people from dying from COVID. Right. It, 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 it's just, it, it it's a, uh, you know, 
it serves it, it the only person that helps is it helps a narrative that is directing a populace to comply with whatever the narrative is trying to to push yes mm-hmm. and, and i guess i should add my two cents here i, I think that my biggest I, I, first of all, I want to say I'm so grateful there are vaccines because I know there's a lot of people who need it. I, you know, my mom was got, and I'm so grateful she had it. She's had pneumonia twice. Uh, she would be somebody who I think would be at a catastrophic risk for COVID. And I'm so grateful that we we're alive at a time where we have science and we have the ability to do these yeah. things. Yes. Thank that you. That being said, I think it is, it, it, to me, it's been shocking to see or at least my experience has been that that's been the thing that's been missing this whole time is we're still not talking about, we're talking about social distancing, wearing a mask, trying to keep yourself from, you know, getting COVID or passing it on, but we're still not talking about what we can do to improve our health. Yeah. You know, and people are joking about the COVID-15 or the COVID-20. It was funny. Like I was watching, what was I was one a YouTube ad or something that was yesterday and, and I don't remember what it was I was looking at but I had just finished reading like some article about health benefits and whatnot and then the YouTube ad popped up and it was a lot of people who were who were not just overweight but people who were obese and they're dancing around and it was a it was a ad for like plus size clothing or something like that and everybody's smiling and whatnot and and. I'm all for body positive image. And there's a point where we have to be willing to acknowledge and say like, Hey, I, I, my, I'm at an unhealthy body weight and being at this unhealthy weight puts me at risk. And I think the counter argument to COVID is, is because we, we can't use what's called a false equivalent equivalence, right? Saying like somebody being overweight is the same as somebody who I could have it and I pass it on to somebody else. But I would also argue that the person who's overweight and, and has been unhealthy or proactively unhealthy for a long time has passed on a lot of risk to all of us, whether it's financial costs in the healthcare system, whether it's, and, and that's not to make anybody feel bad. It's to just come back to this point of taking responsibility for health. And I think that has to, the narrative has to shift there because we can't keep making it into this it's your fault for wearing a mask. It's your fault for not wearing a mask. It's your fault for being vaccinated. It's your fault for being anti-vax or whatever it is. Like those are, I think those are nasty terms that just serve to better divide the populace. Uh, and then meanwhile, there's all these statistics that are getting sweeped under the rug. I think the LA, the mayor of LA County posted the other day on his Twitter that Los Angeles had seen, Los Angeles County had seen a 30% increase in drug overdoses in the past year. 30%. You so you can imagine with Los Angeles County, how many drug overdoses they probably have on a normal year. So it's just it's showing stress levels, anxiety levels uh, going higher than before. It, you, you're seeing these numbers come out more and more. And, and then it, last year, it was because, you know, it was because we wouldn't wear a mask or because we went social distance. But a lot of people were wearing masks. A lot of people were social distancing. A lot of people were still getting COVID. And now it's because it seems to be it's because people aren't getting vaccinated. And I understand that the majority of people in the hospitals who are in there are people who've chosen not to get vaccinated. And I would also say, and it's hard to say, those are also people, have, many of them have chosen to not make their health priority for a long time. And I think that this is where we do a massive disservice as a whole is we don't talk about our health. 
you know, we don't, we don't talk about like Kellogg's going on there and putting people out there like Tony, the tiger and, and lucky charms or whatever, literally killing people. They're setting people up for health problems. We don't talk about how the food pyramid, the government put out in the seventies as a thing for health was really one of the biggest contributors for the underlying health conditions we have now. And they didn't make money. Yeah, they absolutely did it. No, we know for a fact. We know for a fact that pyramid was funded by companies like General Mills. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. And 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 to sell people a bag of goods to 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 eat, you know, these overproduced, unhealthy products, right? Yeah, corn was it corn corn syrup? Corn syrup comes from fuck. We got all this corn. We got all this leftover byproduct from this corn that nobody's going to eat, what do we do with it? You know, we turn it into a sugar, a sweetener, yeah. and we put it in a bunch of shit. <laughs> put a food pyramid out and make it seem like having mostly carbohydrates is going to be the best thing for us. Yes. Right? It's yeah. just like, it's, so then it, it, it comes to the same, Jared, where, when I start to really go on these tangents with it, and it, it's going to be, okay, if we're going to mandate vaccines, and if we play in that space of, okay, well, it's challenging freedoms, whatever it is, it's, it's, a, it's the best thing for the overall health of the country. Then when do we start to really take the health of the country seriously and start putting restrictions on advertising to children, food that is able to be consumable? Uh, you know, the, what is it? The average kid sees exposed to something like 10,000 or 30,000 ads every year with targeted septum. And many of those ads are promoting sugar-based products that have been conclusively proven to cause heart disease, diabetes, all the things that are the biggest comorbidity factors with COVID. You know, in the, in the CDC's revised statistics, we still lost 700,000 people last year to, to heart disease, 600,000 to cancer. So 1.3 million to the 340,000 to COVID, which again, if we extrapolate data out and we look at how many of those people had symptomatic pieces of other stuff too, and that's not the mitigated. It's heartbreaking. I hate that people are losing lives. I hate that people are suffering through this. I'm so grateful that we have vaccines available for people to it. And I feel like all this arguing over the vaccines and the mask is distracting from the bigger thing about us talking about our health and what we can do to improve it. And how just like we had the big short going on and these guys were selling these things to people who had no business buying it, selling the, the, the house to this $14,000 a year strawberry picker, a million dollar home. They're selling sugar cereals, you know, processed foods, all those types of things to, to all of us. And then they'll go on there and say, oh, this is made with all these grains or this is low fat or, you know, the whole low fat thing was just- High like, protein. Yeah, yeah, really marketing thing to get us to buy it. Yeah, (laughs) and it's just like, and it's it's made us, we are one of the wealthiest countries in the world and we are also a league leader for top 10 worldwide in depression, anxiety, suicide, and obesity. And so it's like, to me, that screams, that screams that there is something fundamentally broken with our system and what we're broken. We're, we're doing and we're, we're doing a lot of symptomatic addressing yes. and not going to the deeper root of it. And yes. that's, that's the dialogue where I've been waiting for the last, what is it? 18 months now that this has been going on and it still isn't coming up. It, it still is not popping up. It's still not surfacing. It's, it's more about this. It's more about that. It's more about, you know, the short-term thing versus actually looking at what do we need to do long-term. And, and I think Bloomberg just published a study yesterday 
And they, they, they had interviewed, I don't know how many, it was like 150 research scientists or something like that. And over 90% of them said that we're going to have COVID in some shape or form probably permanently. Yeah. Even if everybody was completely vaccinated, all this type of stuff, it's not going away anytime soon. So then it again, comes back to the bigger question. Are we all going to wear masks our entire life? Are we going to take booster shots? And definitely, yes, those are options. And what the hell are we going to do to start taking better care of ourselves and each, and each other? You know, if we're going to hold, if you are, if you are at a risk now of, of hurting someone else, because if you choose not to get vaccinated, how is General Mills and Kellogg's not at risk, at, at risk, you know, or some sort of almost even domestic terrorist in the sense that they willfully help infect a huge portion of the population with the biggest killer of all. Well, great question. And I, you know, my, the thing, we're a gluttonous society. We are a gluttonous society, right? And we, in the world is decently gluttonous. In other words, instead of saying, you know, what do I really need to survive? What do I really want? Like you see the minimalist movement, you know, that grow, that's growing. So people are kind of taking a step back, but you know, what do I, what do I need to survive? And then what do I necessarily need to be my best self and thrive? Right. That's not the, it's not that it's like, how much can I have of everything and how much can I sell you? Yes. Everything. So if, I tell you that you could be healthier eating less of this as opposed to trying to sell you this vaccine and this pill and this other thing, right? Then I am, I'm fighting the system of gluttony, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, you need less of, you know, these things that I can sell you <laughs> and more of, you know, what would make you a better you? Does that make any kind of sense? As opposed to gathering all these things outside to try to make myself again, feel better, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, that, and that's, and that's, and that, I think that's the, our mission in terms of building bridge. I think you built more bridges, just getting people to, and you say it all the time, focus on what really matters, what really, even in terms of thriving, even in terms of stuff, because everybody's different. Everybody needs different stuff, but everybody doesn't need every goddamn thing. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. we're, we're a society of, you know, everybody needs every goddamn thing. <laughs> and, and there it goes back to that choice thing. It's like, that's, again, something that we're being sold. That yes. Are we willfully compliant or complicit in buying it? You know, and I, and I, again, I go back to, I recognize that we all have choice. And I also understand that influence is a very powerful thing. Yes. And when we are able to, when we have, several people who are who are puppeteers of our emotional experience and i think most of us are not consciously aware of at least i know i'm not consciously aware in any given moment of how much i'm being influenced emotionally you know and then i look to my peer group and there's social proof all around me of of emotion swaying this way or that i understand how hard it is to make a conscious choice in the midst of being emotionally seduced or influenced, whichever term we want to use, or manipulated to engage in a behavior that is the outcome that the influencer or the manipulator or the seducer wants you to engage in. You know, and that's that's a tough one because yes, we do have choice. Yes, we do have free will. And 
to get to a point where we are able to consciously make a choice and recognize and exercise full free will in any given moment, that takes a tremendous amount of effort and work. Yeah. It takes a tremendous amount of effort and work. And, and I, I've been trying to proactively work on myself for however many years. And Jared, as God is my witness, I struggle with that every day. I find myself being influenced and swayed and, you know, pushed to one decision or another. And I'll even catch myself. Wow. Like, am I even making this decision right now? Or is my emotion because of what I've just consumed or saw or heard or, or whatever pushing me this way right now? And that's, that's, and so, but, you know, knowing that that is such a big power, it it just seems like, okay, so if we know how powerful that is, we could have a whole focus on our health and betterment and have that be the campaign and have that be the influence and say like, yes, let's use all the great resources science has created. Yes, let's do these things. Yes, let's, let's do whatever. And here's all these wonderful things that we can do right now to ensure that we're going to all have better quality, longer lasting, healthier lives. And and really put influence to work for the true betterment of society, not the betterment of some of the big companies that are selling us the products that they're selling us. Yes. 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 Use, use an emotional response to create positive change, right? People coming together, right? People getting along, People living healthy, being healthy, and, and and living, you know, the life that you build because of that. I got two two examples that I'm I'm thinking of, and and then I, I know we got to wrap it up. So when you were talking about like um, being swayed, I have one vivid memory when I was like really just getting into being healthy myself. You guys don't know my story. I was an overweight kid, and I was you know for a little while an overweight adult. I was overweight in high school, and so it was hard for me to, you know, kind of break some of the conditioning that wanted to enjoy sweet and savory foods. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, yeah, I had to, you know, I had to break that, right? <laughs> and it was, wasn't always easy. So I remember as I was going through the process of trying to break that and establish new values, right? Core values in myself when it came to my health, my fitness and everything else. I remember seeing a real lobster commercial, right? <laughs> and they're like, you know, and, and I don't know if you guys know, like color schemes, there's a reason that McDonald's sign is like uh, red and yellow, right? Because because those things evoke, you know, they evoke a, a eat like an apple, right? Man, uh, right? You know, it, it's something that it does to our psychology, right? And uh, so, if you go to Red Lobster, right? It's Red Lobster, so the lobster's all red, and they're pouring the butter over top of the lobster, and the biscuits are in the picture, and I'm watching, and I'm salivating, and I'm like, I fucking hate this commercial. I was so mad because it made me want Red Lobster so fucking bad, right? And uh, they're not to say Red Lobster's that unhealthy. You can get away with eating some Red Lobster, guys, if you guys want to know about. I think Red didn't Red Lobster go under last year? They were one of the the oh, casualties cool. of COVID. Oh, were they really? They I think so. Oh, Maybe wow. not. It might be Sizzler. I might be confusing the two, but I thought one of those guys did go under. I, I can believe it. I can believe it. Um, you know, it's 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 niche. It's very niche when it comes to restaurants, right? And it's somewhat, it can be really, really decently healthy, right? Going there and somewhat, you know, Americans. Anyway, it's, it's anyway, I won't I won't say what what it is, but I wanted red lobster really bad right <laughs> and uh at the time and i was so mad because the commercial got me right and i knew it i was like motherfucker right 
Um, and then, um, and we, we, we do make those emotional decisions, right? And things play on. Then here's another positive one. There's a commercial, it was made in Germany, right? And um, it shows like this grandfather, right? And he, you know, he grabs, you know, takes this weight, goes onto his shed, and he bends over, grabs the weight, picks it up, pushes up over his head, puts on the ground. I remember that commercial. Yeah, and you saw, and you see him yes. do it again. That was so again, good. Again, and getting stronger month over month. And then they shoot to a scene of Christmas, and the grandfather walks in the door, and his little granddaughter runs toward him, and he bends over picks her up, puts her up in the air like that, right? And it was like, that's it, right? That's why you pursue health, right? That's the reason, right? And it was like, oh, emotional. I can fucking get emotional right now. I can yeah. feel my eyes water up, bro. Like that, see, like that, that, that's it, right? And other countries are doing it. And very invariably, so Mexico just banned, um, you know, uh, cartoon characters on cereal boxes. I don't know if you know that. Oh, they, they did. Really? Yeah, Mexico, Mexico just banned cartoon cartoon Good characters. For them. But and so, but the reason that you see countries in Europe, right, advertising really emotionally, advertising people's health and things like that, is because. It's a non-privatized, one of the reasons is because it's a non-privatized healthcare system. And most people can't afford, right? Or the government doesn't want to fit the bill for, you know, paying for pills to solve symptoms and problems that people could have less of if they solved them themselves. Mm. Yeah, like, so, so that the system is built slightly different. Does that mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm probably going to stop right. There. I think that's why, right? That's so interesting. I never thought about that. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it, it's, it's more and in, in the, the governments don't have as much money circulating through them to be able to support unhealthy and now unhealthy populace. Right. Mm. And so, and so they, they promote people be healthier. And America will sell you the visage of health, right? <laughs> but we won't promote what it takes to actually be healthy. Mm. And in a way beyond, this is my opinion, sensationalism, right? Because that was real. That grandfather picking that little girl up, putting her over his head, that's real. That's a real reason to be healthy. Not... I look good on the beach. Yes. Right. Hundred percent. Right. It and 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 I, I know people don't like fat shaming and all this other kind of stuff, but I'm you I, you do better if you wanted to create an emotional visceral response to me, in terms of promoting health, right? I because what helped me drive to be healthier was I remember the feeling of taking my shirt off at the beach or in public when I was more overweight. And yeah. you would do better, I think, advertising that sense of shame that you feel. Because I don't think you can get body positivity or not. Like, it just, when you know you could be better, it just doesn't feel good. Or like if you were able to walk around 
and you know you you weren't managing your money well and you had a fucking your bank statement on your forehead you know what i mean like would we promote broke positivity debt positivity does that make any kind of sense like yeah. we, we, we 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 you know we only promote the unhealthy behaviors that keep the system gluttonous <laughs> I agree. I think, there, and I think there has to be a balance. Like, I think that I know many people who I know who were motivated by the, I, I, I can so relate to you of that feeling of walking out with your shirt off. Like that was a huge driver for me because I felt, I started to feel confident and I actually started to like myself for the first time because I had hated myself for so long. Yeah. And yeah. I also took it to such an extreme where then it was like, if I, you know, stuff was off. I couldn't take my shirt off. I'd be self-conscious. I'd beat myself up. And so I think there's, there's, there's this whole other dark side of that world, right? If we get yeah. too, too obsessive. And I think yeah, I, for me, like, I wish the narrative was always the grandfather picking the kid up. Yeah. It was always that, that was, that was the yeah. thing is that we use, we use that core emotional human experience of what really matters to all of us. Because I think if we did that, we could, even avoid having to go the, the the shame route to the extent because it's like we could do the body positivity thing, but the truth is with I think like that commercial I saw with the people who were who were to my perception it seemed overweight or obese. The truth is is that many of them are probably going to make it very complicated and difficult for when they get to a point where they're a grandparent to be able to do that. Yeah, whether it, their their heart gives out or their their joints give out, joints, or, yes, you know whatever that is, and so I think that's yes, okay. So it's fine. We can have these campaigns to be positive and 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 whatever now. But the truth is, is we're we're denying a simple fact of life that again it goes back to the short term piece of it. Like what's the short term satisfaction versus really looking at the long term, the long term piece of it, or long term consequences of it, or the long term. <laughs> what are we all really after? Just because I'm a health and fitness professional, right? I'm sorry. I apologize for this. We associate old age with a decrepitness that's not real. Okay. So we, you know, people didn't live long in the past, right? But they didn't live long because of really like a disease got them. Life was super hard and you got killed because people were really, people are really vicious and aggressive, but they were even more so, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, 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 uh, and, and starvation, right? Malnourishment, right? But if you were well-nourished, which means you were less likely to succumb to a disease, right? And you just lived life back in the day, like people that lived to old age, could still move their body as old people. You know, my I had a I had a great grandma who chopped wood until she was 95. Wow. She lived to be 111, right? I'm no I knew a 95-year-old guy that ran up and down stairs. He used to run Memorial Medical in Hawaii. He, he did 100 flights of stairs every day. Wow. Your your joints, we know for a fact, your joints are designed biologically to last about 120 years. So if your joints go out, unless you have a real freaking medical disorder and rheumatoid arthritis is a, is a acquired disease, just like diabetes too. Right. So, (laughs) so uh, if you, if, if your joints go out before that 120 year time span, then you've done things to yourself 
to deteriorate them. You know, you know what I mean? So we there's there's a lot of things that we associate with just getting older that we've created by how we fucking live our lives. And and and, and, I, and I hate that people get a pass on that. I hate and my whole, you know, my whole business is built on helping 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds move and thrive. I don't have yeah. a lot of, I don't have a lot of except for online, I don't have a lot of 30-year-old clients. Right? One cuz I charge a lot of money but two, but two because I, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't sell 30 year olds a lot of times what they want to buy. Right. Which is, I just want to look good in a bikini. Right. Not anymore. I used to, but I was, it, it felt empty. So I stopped. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's the thing too, is like, if we could all be better, like, I, I think that I hear what you're saying with the shame piece. And I think shame is, a, it's a dangerous it's a tricky road to navigate because yeah, it can well, be, I just think it's better than the, than yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. Like, I think, and for me, like using that shame, it was a good, I could find it as an intrinsic motivator to push myself. Yes. I think that, right. I think though, I think that if we start using in mass, it's going to, it's going to be hard to get everybody to flip that switch. Like a, a Kobe Bryant, you could use shame because he's going to already have this, like killer instinct. I should never have done that anyways. Right. But I think for most of us, we really need to start these narratives about really understanding what really matters to us, not in the short term, because to me, I see, again, I see that commercial and it seems such short-term thinking. It's like, okay, well here we can have another, another tribe on social media or something like that about, Oh, look at us all together. We can be happy for the way we are, blah, 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 blah. It's great. Everybody should be happy. And let's have a real discussion about what's going to really matter to you because there's going to be a time 20, 30 years from now where you're going to probably want to, you know, you know, you're going to put your grand, pick your grandkids up. And to do that, you're going to probably have to make some changes. And then I I just, we do have to wrap up. So I just wanted to share this with you really quickly. When you shared your red lobster story, it reminded me of of going to red Robin. And I like going to red Robin every now and then because I have bottomless fries. And Red Robin had been running this campaign for this new burger they had, and it looked mouthwatering and everything else. And when you went into Red Robin, they had um, little little cards at the table, placards or whatever those are called, where they had pictures of that burger. And it just looked incredible, you know, big, juicy, everything going down. So I just, oh, I'm going to order it. Jared, I ordered this burger, and this thing was so swooshed down and so pathetic looking. I looked at it, so I took a photo of it next to the placard that was on the table, and, and it looked so pathetic. And I tweeted Red Robin and said, Red Robin, I've been so excited about this burger and this doesn't look anything like what you've been advertising. What the heck? I got a response from them saying, you're right. We're so sorry. Can you DM us? Let us know what restaurant it was. I let them know what restaurant it was. The manager of that restaurant called and apologized. They sent me two gift cards that basically gave me two burgers the next time I came. Oh, wow. It was just such a great way to handle it. So I, I still... And Robert to this day, but what I've learned is to not allow myself to to get overly excited about what's advertised, and so just switch, stick with my stick with my classics. Yeah, that will we get we get we get caught up we get caught up in that we do man, and it's and that's human nature, and yeah. and, and and people play upon it, people play upon it, and and that's and that and it keeps us docile about the things that really matter if that makes any kind of sense yeah and maybe even disconnected from it disconnected yeah well that's it that's that's it um ignorance is bliss i'm ignorant of it disconnected just i'm separate 
Right. Okay. All right. I know. I know we got to end, but right, I, don't know, I don't know if we got the docile thing in there, but uh, hopefully we got some depth and like, you know, false values versus what we really value. Yeah. And we want to hear from all of you. So we look forward to reading your comments. Take care, everybody.